We're getting closer and closer to the Culture Proof Conference 2024, and we could not be more excited. Yes, it's a great time for the whole family, a great time of ministry, mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, grandparents, <laughs> everybody, the kids. We have uh, something for them as well. Of course, we have the Culture Proof Kids, Culture Proof Teens. It's going to be led by Maria Hamilton, the third, the third. <laughs> and also Mark and Amy Warren. And so, That's right. man, the kids are going to be equipped, and you can have some great discussions discussion and conversation with them as you head back home. We are so excited. This year's conference is hosted by Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. When registration opens, you will be among the first to know. If you go to cultureproof.net, make sure you join our email list because we are going to blast out open registration to that list first. So go to cultureproof.net. Make sure that you stay connected. We're super excited about our guests who are all joining to talk about one thing, Mm. resistance the cultural trends that rival the truth. We're going to be talking about the ways that we can remain culture-proof from Mm -hmm. scientific apologetics, biblical apologetics, cultural apologetics. How do we live in this world as faithful followers of Christ? We're going to target every age group, so make sure you show up and bring your entire family. Yes, we're going to have a great lineup of speakers, which you'll be able to view their bios on the website, cultureproof.net. Once you go on, Abraham Hamilton III, Miki Addison, we're going to have Dr. Jason Lyle, Dr. Kathy Cook, and others. It's going Dr. To be great. Renton Rathbun, Dr. Lee Brand. We are super excited. Dr. Turin Dames. Mm-hmm. I feel like by next conference, I'm going to also have my doctorate just because <laughs> it kind of flows. Anyway, hey. we're super excited about what the Lord is doing, and we want you to join us. The Culture Proof Conference happening July 18th through the 20th at Faith Baptist Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. Stay connected because more information about that is rolling out just around the corner. You're going to find that at cultureproof.net, cultureproof.net. Make sure you join the email list. We can't wait. Culture Proof is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. If you've come to homeschooling or you're thinking of homeschooling to preserve a solid biblical worldview in your children, you should consider the curriculum we trust to help with biblical worldview formation. BJU Press Homeschool is here for you and with you as you center Christ in the education of your kids. Visit our friends today at BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com, the premier sponsor of the Culture Proof podcast. Thanks for listening to Culture Proof. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And today we are asking the question, why do we compromise? What happens in the life of a believer where we are tempted um, to compromise or to move away from authoritative truth Mm. or even maybe to just bend a little bit? Maybe, you know, because I think sometimes we... Um, can lack grace in the way we describe how people take a position. You know, yeah. I don't think that everybody who, um, you know, I, certainly I don't think that everybody we discuss have made these huge jogs away from scripture 
honestly, there's a lot of them who have, okay. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of deception in the church today. Um, but then there are others. And I think even just in common conversation that have not necessarily made these quantum leaps away from truth, but just given up these small kind of like, um, pieces of territory mm-hmm. as it pertains to truth. And the question is why, how do mm. we, how do we get there? You know, yeah. what are, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think there are various ways that we can get there, and I know we'll talk about you know different ways, but I think at the at the core of it, 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 it it's probably you know a lack of true faith, mm. um, and and that's hard to say sometimes because we don't you know I'm not trying to make a judgment you know on someone's salvation every time you know, but there's something that's lacking or something that's missing in the heart connection, you know, if there is especially consistent compromise, mm-hmm. you know. By, by a person you know I think there's something that we can look at and say okay well man are they truly you know dedicated to Christ or you know if it's a, a continual thing is it a consistent thing like there there's a alarming issue there I mean, you know I think we have to point out but I think it could be various reasons mm-hmm. why you know compromise may come one of the biggest ones I think is it's pressure yeah. You know, from this world and this culture that we live in. I wonder if we are overly confident in ourselves sometimes in in the way that we have come to Christ and even the way I think that we understand scripture. I and and the reason I say that is because I find myself constantly praying and asking the Lord um to help me, like to to, you know, help me to maintain um an allegiance to the scriptures, help me maintain um, an allegiance to him. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not because I doubt my salvation at all, but it's just because I've, I have over the years of walking with the Lord read so many stories of people who start out, um, so well with mm-hmm. the Lord and then they depart. And this always kind of like plagues me. Like, this is one of those things that just, I, I'm, I'm like, ah, like what, what happened and, and how did it happen? And I wonder if in some ways, some of the people who would have been noted among us who have departed from the truth, I'm wondering if there was, um, an overconfidence in, in who Mm. they are and how they understood God's word and not a reliance on the Holy spirit. And, Mm. and, you know, honestly, and, and I want to be careful in how I throw around the word, you know, fear, but that does make me afraid. It makes me afraid to just, you know, oh, I got this and just, you know, walk in willy nilly. I I feel like we have to constantly depend and rely upon the grace and the mercy of God. Yeah. You know, my pastor always used to say, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Mm. And there are many people that you can look at their lives and it's like, man, they started off so strong, but didn't finish well. Mm -hmm. And that is, I guess you would say a fear or a concern that one will have, you know, but I think that keeps us tethered to Jesus and the understanding that we can't do anything, you know, of our own, even keep ourselves. Yeah. Like, it's he who keeps us, you know? So when you see certain, uh, um, people or names that you recognize and like, man, what happened to them? You know, I think we all also need to look and say, Lord, you know, you know, that could be me. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, that, yeah. Could, that could be me. We have to have a sober mindset about it. And we can't dismiss that this is uh, spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, that the enemy wants to kill, steal and destroy. Yeah. And, and, and part of that destruction is the reputation that maybe someone is building up, you know, um, uh, in, in ministry for the Lord mm. that 
that would be destroyed in the eyes of people so that, you know, people would um, not have faith in God. Like yeah. it, it causes big problems, you know? And so I think when you see leaders compromise, you know, pastors or, or just, you know, Christians in mm-hmm. general, because we all have an effect on someone, you know, it's the enemy's tactic to get the most he can get out of that. Yeah. And we have to always understand that these things are spiritual but as I'm, well. I love the point that you're making there, because I think what we don't consider and and I and I think our common enemy really banks on us not considering this um and that's the collateral damage mm-hmm. in what happens when he attacks us you know so yeah. so often we are focused on the personal attack or the personal struggle or the personal temptation to give in whether it's to a lie or to you know immoral behavior physically whatever it is we don't often think or consider down the line mm. um the collateral damage that um, that would happen as a result of what we do, you mm-hmm. know, so to the point that yeah. you're making the onlookers, those who have respected us for years, yeah. um, our children. Oh, my goodness. Think about, you know, yeah. the families that have been destroyed. Yeah. Because a mom or a dad didn't consider the collateral damage of his or her choices. You know, Man. you've got, my goodness, go ahead. I, I'm sure you no, want to speak to that. No, I was just that. thinking about an article that I, a story I read this morning. It's pretty, it's pretty bad. And, I, you know, it basically it caught my attention because there was an uh, inmate who was um, executed in Alabama. Mm. And I was just wondering, like, what he did. You know, so I, I read the story. And so apparently he was hired, him and another guy was hired by a pastor to kill the pastor's wife. Oh, my goodness. And, you know, they they did it. And so and then the pastor, um, when uh, the case began to focus on him, he killed himself. So I was wondering what happened to that, you know, but the the two guys that Mm. were hired, you know, they both were executed, one in 2010 and one like yesterday. Um, But I'm saying that to say like how could you you would say a pastor, how do you get to that point? And they said that he did it because they were having financial issues. He wanted to get insurance money. Oh, my God. And I was like, man, so I'm, I'm bringing up that point because he was a pastor. And it's like when you when we see certain leaders and different things, you're like, man, how do you get from that to this? Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it's, you know, small bites at a time. It's mm-hmm. compromise along the way. And before you know it, you're full blown, you know, uh, in, in compromising, you know. And so those things we have to really pay attention to in our lives because small compromises lead to bigger ones yes, and to where, you know, you're down the road and you're like, how did I get here? Mm -hmm. But it started off with small compromises. I can just watch this. I can just do this. It's not harmful. I'm not, I'm not hurting anyone else or this is all right. And we don't take into account. No, no, you're going to end up somewhere you don't want to be. And you're going to affect so many people around you. One thing that stood out about that same article was I forgot the guy's name, but at the end he was senior. So I was like, Oh, there's a junior somewhere, you know, there's, there's a son somewhere. And I got to believe he has been affected by oh his my mom goodness, and his dad. Collateral damage. Yes. And that's the collateral damage that we're talking about. Wow. You know, but compromise is a serious issue. Serious compromise thing. is absolutely a serious issue. And I think the reason it may be even more serious than just like sort of a, a giant leap away from God is because it's so subtle mm-hmm. and people don't even feel it. They don't even sense it. So it to the, the point that you just made um, about this pastor and you think about the things that he 
starts to think about or that he started to think about. And you think about the lies and the deception that came in and he didn't take those thoughts captive and make them submit to the holiness of what he knew to be true of who Jesus is. And so then, you know, and I was reminded of James. So basically we were talking about, um, why do we compromise? Yeah. And we came up with a list of possible reasons mm -hmm. why people compromise. And number one on the list was our own desires, right? Uh, in James chapter yes. one, verses 13 through 17, the Bible says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil. And he himself does not tempt anyone, mm -hmm. but each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Mm -hmm. Then when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. Yeah. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Mm -hmm. And I think about this, how, you know, our compromises begin with our own desires, what yeah. we want. Yeah, yeah, it's our heart. I mean, it's, it's uh, clear from what James uh, is, is saying that it comes from within. And so it starts with us and uh, have not having our heart totally submitted to God because God will show us those things. He tries the hearts. He tries mm -hmm. the reins of the hearts, the Bible said, that he knows the motives, the intentions of the heart, you know. And so we can deceive people uh, all day long, but God, no, you know, and he because he knows. And so I think we have to be careful to have our hearts submitted to God. God, examine me. You know, if, if, is there any wicked way within me? Mm -hmm. You know, because we don't know because the heart is deceitful. Yes. So we may, may think, oh, no, I'm, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I, I keep all the commandments. I do this. I do that. You know, but at the same time, we could be, have a, a glaring blind spot, man, that we don't even know of. And, and we need to always say, God, is my heart right? Creating me a clean heart. Mm -hmm. Renew a right spirit within me. That's so you know, good. God, would you check out my heart? Am I doing this uh, because I love you, you know, for the right motives? Mm -hmm. God knows those things. Yeah, man. And and motives, that's the word that came to my mind as you were talking. I think that we need to be honest with ourselves and always ask the Lord to search our motives, right? Mm -hmm. Those things that are subtle, right? And they can go undetected. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Even the good things. Why? What's the motivation yeah. behind those things? And I think that's the space that Satan likes to kind of work in, mm -hmm. right? The enemy of our soul. We have a an enemy and he likes to work in those areas where he is least detected right like he doesn't he doesn't want to be obvious so mm -hmm. he he would love that we feel like we're doing a good thing that we are being compassionate or that we are being loving and that we're being kind but yet departing from God's word yeah and so this kind of what you're bringing up now leads to point number two yeah. why why do we compromise um we have a deceived heart yeah Jeremiah 17 9. The heart is more deceitful than all else and is desperately sick. Who can understand it? Then he says, I, the Lord, search the heart. Mm -hmm. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. And like I was saying before, God... He um he tests the hearts. He searched the heart and he tests the mind. So he knows what's in our heart mm -hmm. and in our mind, what we're thinking, and you know what's in the seat of our hearts. And so, if our hearts are uh, um, desperately wicked, you know, and deceitful, who can who can know it? Man, God can. Amen. So that, again, that's why we submit our hearts to God. Say, God, you know the heart. I don't even know my heart. I don't. Maybe I don't even know some of my motives. Maybe they're shrouded in you know deceit. 
and mm. my, you know, and maybe I'm deceiving myself by thinking I'm doing something in such a way that I'm not really doing it in that way, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, we have to be uh, submitted in our hearts because we don't know our hearts, Amen. but God does. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you are enjoying what you hear, please remember to give it a rating or to leave a comment. Let people know that this podcast is a blessing to you. It helps to grow Culture Proof and we would be so grateful. Also, if you love Culture Proof and you want to support the ministry, why not pick up some merch and look good while you support the ministry of Culture Proof? Check out every podcast. You'll find a link in the description to where you can get your Culture Proof merch and support this ministry. We appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Proverbs chapter four, verse 23 says, watch over your heart with all diligence Mm -hmm. for from it flow the springs of life. You know, you think about what comes from our heart and, and when the heart is polluted, that pollution comes out. Mm. You know, I, I would like to say when you think of, um, the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six, um, it's interesting to me that over the heart is the breastplate of righteousness, right? Mm-hmm. So that if the heart begins to deceive us, like we think that our motives come from a place of love, like we think that we are being, um, and everybody knows what these words mean when I say them, but we think that we are being loving and affirming, mm-hmm. but really what's happening is that our heart has become polluted because it is now driving us. What is supposed to drive us is righteousness. And isn't it interesting that in this armor, when we have the description of the the armor of God, that which covers the heart, protects the heart, keeps the heart from the injury of this sickness that drives it along, mm-hmm. it's righteousness. It mm-hmm. is. So then you are now free to not make it up on your own. You don't mm-hmm. have to decide, well, is this a good thing? You can ask the Lord, is this a good thing? Yeah. Have you already determined where I should be on this issue? Yeah, yeah. We And we have to ask the Lord because, again, we don't really know. We may think we know. But why not go to the one who we know mm-hmm. knows everything? And so, um, yeah, we got it. And it's tricky. It's tricky because we can think we operate in such a way that our heart is right and it's, and it's dead wrong. Yeah. So yeah. we have to go to God. So point number three, why do we compromise? Um, fear of man. Ooh. Talk about that a little bit. Um, the Bible says in man. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare, mm-hmm. but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. Yes. Um, I think sometimes we don't even recognize that our motivations are the result of the fear of man. Yeah. We think that we are being good people. And and we think that the praise we receive, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, but we think that the praise we receive is a good thing, that it's something that is noble, but really what we're motivated by is that we don't want to be disliked. Mm -hmm. We don't want to receive scorn and ridicule. And, um, and this is a fear of man. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that, you know, personally, but I, you know, the thing about the fear of man, it seemed like it's such a a self uh, pre- preservation mm-hmm. mechanism, like it's 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 a way that man, I, I don't have to stick out, you know. I'm not. I'm just gonna sit. I make sure I say the right things, you know, because I don't want them to think, I you know this of me, and it's to really preserve yourself, you know. Um, and it can cause compromise because you'll go through any any lengths not to be ostracized. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, even if it's standing for truth, even in the midst of other Christians. Yes, you know, fear of man is a big thing. It will cause you not to say what is right because you don't want to mess up. You know, maybe your status or where you are mm-hmm. in, in the fold. And so it's 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 bad. It, it, it's a bad thing. But again, 
We can submit that to the Lord. We have to be real about it and say, God, I have a fear of man. Every time I get into these situations, I fold. <laughs> I don't say the truth, even though I know the truth. Mm-hmm. I don't say it because I don't want to be ostracized by my peers. Yeah. Let's be real with God. It, you know, call it for what it is, you know, because God, is, uh, he desires to change that about us. And so, yeah, if, if that's something that you identify in yourself, man, bring that to God and ask him to change you and to show you when you're operating in that way and to convict you of that. And, you know, so you can change because that will be a snare to you. Yeah, it's interesting to me that you say, and I think it, it has to be said, like, I think we have to point this out, that you say this fear of man can be a snare even among other Christians. Christians, you know, professing Christians where you are engaged in conversation and you want to bring it back to God's word. Listen, we, man, in the Christian community, we have so many personal traditions that we like to hold on to that when it comes to having a person take you back to God's word and say, well, let's hold up your personal tradition um, next to God's word, the straight edge, and let's Mm. see if it measures up. And does, is there something that goes overboard that needs to be shaved off? Mm. Is there something that is lacking that doesn't come up to the edge? And I think when you start to have those conversations, that can be some of the most fearful circumstances to be in because you're among brethren that, you know, they would say, look, come on, of course this is right. Like we're all on the same page here (laughs) and you've got to be the one, you've got to be the lone ranger sometimes that raises your hand and is like, (laughs) right actually we're not all on the same page it's an uncomfortable uh, situation to be in you know but it brings me back um to our our daughter gabby when she asked about um being different even among yes christians it happens a lot that you know in a group of believers you know because of not wanting to rock the boat and things like that you know you will have everybody going along Mm -hmm. even when they know Ah, this is not right. Mm-hmm. But won't it, even not saying anything is going along, oh, you know. And so, so true. You're, you're not safe in doing that because if you know that something is not right, mm-hmm. you know, and and you're going headlong into that way, you need to raise up, you know, a question and and say, "Hey, guys, uh, you know, is this where we're supposed to be? Yeah, is this what the Word of God says?" And so, if not, man, again. Pray to God and he can help you to overcome that. Yeah. You know, I think about um, being in a circumstance where, you know, and I often say this kind of a little bit, a little bit tongue in cheek, but, but also meaning it right. That if we are too afraid to stand on the word of God, then we can hide behind it. (laughs) And so like, if you can't just broadly say, no, the Bible says this and whether I believe it or not, this is what the Bible says. Right. And so I'm going to stick with this. Then you can hide behind. Okay. Listen, I know that this is going to upset people. Mm -hmm. But what do you do with this passage of scripture? And in fact, I've been in settings where not that I was afraid to um, to declare what God's word says, to mm-hmm. say what God's word says, but I felt like, okay, I'm among people who there's a lot of pride in this room. Mm-hmm. And so if I ask a question or if I make a statement, I'm among people where there's a lot of pride in this room. Mm-hmm. And so there's been a position that has been taken among the pride in this room. Right. And so if I say something now, here I am and all of the pride in the room agree. They all agree that this is the right position. So it's not that I'm thinking God's word is not sufficient, mm-hmm. but I know that I'm going to have to cut through the thickness of that pride. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what I have done rather than going in like, you know, um, I don't know, Joan of Arc, right? Like it's, <laughs> it's more, it's more like, okay, um, 
I'm just curious to know what you guys think about this passage. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm 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 open to hearing how you guys would process this passage in light of the conclusion that you've arrived at. Like, what do you guys do with that? Now, nine times out of ten, eight times out of ten, <laughs> I'm making a statement because I have read it and I have some thoughts about that. But I I, I do want to be um, charitable, yeah. right? I do want to, and and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong in the way that I have understood that passage, but I do have a question about that. That can be incredibly frightening, right? Yeah. Like if you're in a room with people that mm-hmm. they command a certain level of respect, how are you going to ask them a question about something they've said that may or may not be in line with the word of God? You can do that with yeah. humility, yeah. but you can do that. Yeah, I think you do it just like that. You you bring up the scripture and say, okay, so how do we interpret this? Like, what is this saying? You know, even if you feel like you may understand it, you know, God may, it may be something that you need, further that you need to understand about it. You know, that could be the case, or you could be totally right. And, mm-hmm. you know, and the pride is wrong, you know, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. But I think those things shouldn't go just, just pass by. We have to have, have boldness, even in those settings, those settings are hard, yeah. you know, because yeah. nobody wants to be the one that, that comes up in that scene, you know, as, oh, here, here he goes, or here she goes again, <laughs> you know, with just with say what stuff. we're saying. Yeah. You know, know and so that's not a comfortable place to be in but at the same time if it's about truth mm-hmm. if it's about something you know that uh, would be against the word of god i feel like we have an obligation and a duty to say you know okay but the scripture says this so in similar fashion there is a fear of man that can motivate our compromise or lead to compromise mm-hmm. but there's also the love of praise that mm-hmm. can lead to compromise like if yeah. you know if we need to have people sing our praises, like if we need to have people tell us that we're great, mm-hmm. um, then when they stop telling us that we're great, we start to think why. Right. We start to wonder why. And have I shifted away from what is collectively celebrated? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say this, if what is commonly and collectively celebrated has moved away from truth, then you should expect not to be celebrated and not to be praised, mm. right? The Bible says in Luke chapter six, verse 26, woe to you when all men speak well of mm. you for their fathers used to treat the false prophets in the same way. I'm sorry, the false prophets, right? <laughs> like, so, so in other words, and this is Jesus, interestingly enough, in light of what we've been talking about all week, this is Jesus's sermon on the plain. This is when he comes down <laughs> off the mountain after he spent the entire night praying, he's going to choose his disciples. He comes down to this leveled area and he starts speaking and preaching and teaching um, among them, the Beatitudes. And then he pronounces these woes. Mm-hmm. And among the woes that he pronounces is found in verse 26 of chapter six in, in Luke. It's woe to you when all men speak well of you. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. And I think especially living in 21st century <laughs> America, I mean, look, we are not going to be celebrated for taking um, an immovable stance on God's word. Like we are, we are not going to be celebrated for that. And in fact, too often when we've got a lot of people celebrating us, Mm. I'm not saying in every situation, but it is highly likely that we have moved away from authoritative truth. Yeah. The Bible talks about a man being tested by the praise he he received. Mm. That's a metric Hmm. of like where your character is. Yeah. If someone, you know, if you're being praised and you're like, yes, more, more, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, that says something, you know, but if you're able to say, no man, to God be the glory and not, not false humility, but, uh, but seriousness, you know, and uh, I was 
reading to you in, in John chapter 12, how Jesus was speaking and, you know, and they had the, the Pharisees and all the people around and stuff like that. And, and it's crazy how um, they, the people who were listening, even some of the leaders, they believed. They believed what he was saying. They were like, man, this is truth. He said, nevertheless, even among the rulers, so after Jesus was speaking about who he was, about being the light of the world, and these people are listening, these rulers, these teachers, you know, they believed him. But because of the Pharisees, they were, <laughs> they were not confessing him. So they believed him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him for fear that they would be put out of the synagogue. Mm. They're like, man, we're going to lose our spot. If we like, we believe what he's saying is true, like wow, man, yes, I ain't saying nothing. Oh my! And that's goodness. how we that's how we get in some situations, you know. Yeah, I, I know that's true, but I ain't, I ain't gonna be the one I'm because that would that. jeopardize their be public praise. Because it would jeopardize that. Jeopardize that. It says, "For they love the approval of men rather than the approval of God. They love the approval or the praise of men, yeah, rather than the praise of God. So much so." They believed what Jesus was saying, but they weren't willing to confess and be like, man, we believed it, you know. And it, it's amazing because we find ourselves in those same types, type of, types of situations yes. even today that, man, we can believe the truth, know the truth. But in a certain setting, we're like, mm -mm, I'm not saying anything mm -hmm. because I don't want to lose out on have the privileges of going here. What if I don't get this. invited back? Yeah. What if I don't get? What if I don't get invited back? You know, what if they don't want to be around me anymore? Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. we'll stifle what we know is true because approval of man. Yeah, man, it's it's amazing. And you can see how it's a snare. You yeah. can see how it's yeah. a snare. It's, it's something that, like you know, praise me, love me, celebrate <laughs> right. me. Um, almost becomes like a narcotic. It right. becomes a I, drug that you just need I to need have that. that, you know. And so, my goodness, you know, let the approval of God be sufficient Amen. for us, right? This this keeps us from compromise. By the way, that's what we're talking about. Like, why do we compromise? And the fifth and final reason that we want to discuss, and it's kind of like a, kind of a combo, but love for anyone or anything above God. Mm. Now, the reason I, you know, felt like maybe we saved this one for last and spent a little bit of time talking about it is because all of the deceptions that we've listed heretofore are subtle, but this probably is most sinister, right? Because what the enemy does is he exploits right affections, mm. right affections. Like it's right for us to love our children. It's right for us to love our grandchildren. It's right for me to love my husband. It's it's right um, for, for me to love a sibling, right? These things are right affections. But what the enemy wants to do is he always wants to take the proper love, the proper af affection that we are to have for someone or something. And he wants to, if the max, right, is 10, the enemy always wants 11. <laughs> if the max volume of our love as expressed here on this earth that for the glory of God is set at a 10 and anything above that is then worship of that person, right? Is putting them in the place of God. The enemy always comes in, I feel like, and adjusts the dial. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, here you are, you're going along and you think you're at a 10 and you're, and everything's, you know, and then all of a sudden the enemy, the creeper, right? He comes in <laughs> and it's 11. And usually we learn that it's 11 when the person or the thing that we love comes into conflict with the truth of God's word. Yeah. Can we give that up? Mm. Can we say no to that? Can we reject that thing um, in exchange for what we know is right and what we know is true? Yeah. And I think, you know, if you're if you're on for this illustration, if you're on 11, usually the answer is no. Yeah, those things 
pull at the heartstrings. And that's why, you know, the Bible reveals that the heart is <laughs> desperately wicked. <laughs> you know, who can yes. know it? Yes. Because things like that, the people who are closest to us, you know, we don't want to believe that, you know, uh, maybe their lifestyle is lifestyle of sin that's going to sin. You know, maybe we have a little bit more like leeway mm-hmm. for people that we're like, man, but ah, oh, my child, yeah. my child, you know. And so, yeah, that's that's one, I think, um, especially in the, the, the atmosphere we in now and today and how things are pressing upon us from the culture to, you know, a, a uh, uh, take things in and to agree with things, you know, when it comes to family members, I think that's like the trickiest ones to be able to navigate. You know, I think about this and, and you and I have talked about Demas a lot over the years uh, publicly, especially as we've watched the departure of believers from the truth. We've talked about Demas because he comes to mind as being a companion of Paul, um, being a traveler with Paul. Mm-hmm. And then in Paul's letter to Timothy, his second letter to Timothy, um, this is in chapter four, verse nine, um, Paul writes, make every effort to come to me soon for Demas having loved this present world has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. And I I look at that and I go, man, what happened? Mm -hmm. You know, what, what happened? What's the progression Mm -hmm. of how we see Demas? You know, he's a worker with Paul, then he's just okay. And also Demas, but then, you know, finally it's like, man, he loved this world. Like what's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's so subtle, the things that this world demands of us yeah. and the pull. And if we love this world, anything of it, this is also um, reflected in First John chapter 2, that if we love this world, anything that is in this world, right, the love of the Father is not in us. And how do we test these things? How do we know if we have a love for this world or a love for the things of this world um, that's on an 11, <laughs> mm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it, it comes down to what we give our allegiance to, mm. you know, do, do we align with the word of God or do we align with the world and the way that it shifts and the way that it changes? And I think what we find too often in the departure from truth is that people have chosen the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, look, it's, it's not easy because we live in this world. That's why we're not supposed to be of it. You know, um, the world is always going to press in, you know, on what we believe and try to get us to, you know, bow down and affirm uh, what was not godly. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be uh, vigilant. We have to be aware that this is part of the tactic and the trick of the enemy, you know, to cause us to to uh, really compromise on the things that we know to be true from the scripture, you know, and, and we can't allow that to happen. That's why, again, again, we have to each and every day submit our hearts to God so that so that we can know where we lie with God because he's the only one that really knows. And so like when it comes to like family members, friends, people that we're close to, those are the things that we're navigating in this culture with these different agendas and issues that we have to uh, make sure that we're on the right side uh, of of the scriptures on on what the Bible says about these things. You know, the Bible paints a picture um, in the Old Testament Mm -hmm. and Deuteronomy chapter 13 of the danger of people close to us um, yeah. having a almost a power and excuse the expression if that's offensive, but a, a means by which they will lead us astray just because we love them, mm. because we are close to them. And God anticipates this in our DNA, right? Like mm. in our fallen nature, that we are prone to let the heart lead. That's why we have all these 
scriptures about guarding the heart, protecting the heart. Yeah. In the New Testament, you've got righteousness that is a garrison over the heart, that is protecting the heart. Um, why? Because our love and our affections can lead us away from the Lord. I mean, you see this among God's people in the Old Testament. They were instructed, you know, not to intermingle and not to mm -hmm. take these people and, and try to be a part of these people groups. Why? Because they would be led astray because their affections would lead them away from God. And there is a chilling passage of scripture that, you know, look, who, who wants to talk about it, right? It can be so, um, like disturbing to discuss, but I think in this passage is, um, a revelation of what the enemy seeks to do mm. among God's people and God in his infinite wisdom. Remember, God is the only wise God in his infinite wisdom. He gives instructions for his people to reflect what he doesn't want to happen. So, so do not engage in this, cut these things off because this is what it has the potential to do in Deuteronomy chapter 13. And I'm just going to start at verse six. The Bible says this, if your brother, your mother's son or your son or daughter or the wife you cherish or the friend who is as your own soul. Now, those relationships are the kinds of deep relationships that we're like, man, I would give my right arm for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would, I would give you my right arm, right? Let me read that again. If your brother, your mother's son, or your son or daughter, or the wife you cherish, or your friend who is as your own soul, entice you secretly saying, let us go and serve other gods whom neither you nor your fathers have known of the gods of the people around you near or far from you, from one end of the earth to the other, you shall not yield to him or listen to him, and your eyes shall not pity him. Hmm. Your eyes shall not pity him. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare or conceal him. Hmm. Yeah. The Bible goes on, but you shall surely kill him. Your hand shall be first against him to put him to death and afterward the hand of all the people. This is God's <laughs> judgment on those who would entice his people away from him and use the relationship that they have as the draw. Come on. Now, now look, people just heard me read that and they're just like, wait a minute, are you advocating the murder? Absolutely not. And you would, you would, you would have to not know. <laughs> And understand God's word, you'd have to not understand God's mercy and grace, right? And you'd have to not understand that the wrath of God was poured out on Jesus so that we are not instantly consumed. You'd have to not understand that to hear me saying that. But here is what I am saying. In the Old Testament, what we see is a picture of just how sinister the heart is and how in these relationships, in the context of these relationships where we've got people who are really close to us, they can lead us astray. They can lead us in the worship of other gods because we love them. Hey, come and let's go and worship these gods that we have not known. And, and you would think somebody else, you would immediately be able to say, no, I'm not doing that. That's wrong. But maybe, maybe you have a child who determines that, you know, I have a different orientation. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have a grandson who's getting married. And because you love that grandson, mm -hmm. you're like, what do I do? I want, I want to show the grandson that I love him, right? Or maybe you have a wife who says, come and taste of this fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and you love her, right? Like, what do you do? The Lord is saying, don't pity that person. Now, why? What? Man, does it? Oh, 
people, you have a hard time with the holiness of God because you want to be him. Mm. You have a hard mm. time with the holiness of God because you can always see the way that you would have done it if you were God. Mm. Oh, the hubris and the arrogance of that Lord have mercy on us, right? But God is God. Yeah. And this is what God has said. This is what God has reflected to us to say this, I am holy. I am holy. I am other. I am separate. And so God says, bring judgment. God says, cut off this evil from among you. So, so how do we see this reflected in a New Testament context? Because you're holding your breath because I'm looking at Deuteronomy, right? <laughs> but we see this in 1 Corinthians 5. Mm -hmm. We see this in 1 Corinthians 6, where the Apostle Paul says, man, if someone is professing to be a believer and yet engaging in unrepentant sin, that you are to cut that brother off, right? Why? So that it doesn't spread among you. So that you don't create a new faith, a new religious tradition where people normalize sin. And you must do these things quickly. You must not revel in it. Like, you know, the Apostle Paul was beside himself that you guys are just reveling in this. Right. So, in a, <laughs> But you see the same principle from the Old Testament to the New Testament that you cut off the wickedness mm, from among you. That's right. This is very difficult. It's hard to navigate because we feel like, even though we wouldn't say it aloud, we often feel like, well, you know, if I were God, I would do it this way. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm thinking of Mike Todd. Who, yeah, I would have given more options. He said, you know, God <laughs> like, made it only male and female. He's like, I don't know what he was thinking. I'm paraphrasing here, but we played the like, clip once on our, on our program, oh on our uh, podcast. But, you know, he's like, you know, I don't know. I don't know why he did it. You know, I would have given more options, but he only gave two. And he thinks that he's being winsome. Right. So like when Mike Todd says that he thinks that he's being winsome and saying, you know, because he's trying to say that there are only two. So he's, he's like trying to take a stand, right? Trying to take a stance or position on the side <laughs> of God's word, but at the same time, and excuse the expression, like kind of undercutting God. It's like, but you know, he didn't give you multiple options. I would have. So what is he saying? He's saying he's better than God. He's saying he's better than God. But look, but look, we got to do what he said though. Now I would, I would have given you more options. <laughs> who, who are you? Yeah. You are butt man. Like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. And I think in so many of our expressions and our engagement, mm -hmm. we are communicating the same thing. No, I, you're exactly, exactly right. You know, and when we, again, when we look at these type of relationships, how the closeness of them, uh, it makes it hard uh, in our hearts. If we haven't separated that in our hearts and like, okay, God, I'm living for you no matter what, then we will take those issues, you know, and we will kind of flip flop on them. It will be very soft on them, you know, and those are hard issues. Those are very hard issues. But at the same time, you don't want the sin to spread you know, you don't want that to be something, but you also for that person, you're if they're a believer, you're hoping that they will repent Amen. because of being separated from the fellowship. Yes. You know, you hope that they will see that they're not in that place where they were. And it's like, man, they did miss out on being mm -hmm. with the, the believers, that they will repent and say, Man, have me back. Like, man, I'm I'm you know, I've repented of this sin. That's what that's the hope, you know. Yeah. But these things are hard. I think the world, and, and I'll just say this, I know we're coming to the end. Um, I think the world and even some Christians don't understand the weightiness of God's commands mm. and how difficult it is for us to carry them out, to really live this out. Like it is, it's painful to say 
to um, a dear brother or sister who's departed from the faith, it's painful to say, man, you're wrong. I, I can't have any part in that. You know, mm-hmm. I think the world would paint the Christian as callous and unloving and, oh, you guys love to just cut people off. You guys love to just, you know, mm-hmm. the church is the only place where they kill the wounded. You know, it's like, <laughs> ah. And so we internalize that and we have made that who we are, but that's not who we are. Right. We are a people who are striving after God. We are a people who love the Lord and want to walk in holiness and therefore do difficult things because what we say in doing those difficult things is that he is worthy. Amen. And we must Amen. ever have that position. We're not doing things to be popular or for people to like us, but man, God's standard does not change. And you know, he's worthy. Amen. He's worthy. He's worthy. We want to resist those cultural trends that rival the truth. And when we do, we remain culture proof until next time, Lord willing. God bless.